Hi there, Scott Hamilton, back with another podcast review. Um, this is actually a follow-up to a review I've already done. Not so much about the movie, but of picture quality and sound quality. We will call this Aquaman Revisited. So, my roommate got this giant 85-inch 4K HDR Samsung television, and we've been playing around with it, getting it set up and whatever, and, and I've tested out a few movies on it, and it made me want to go back and talk about a couple of the movies I may have previously reviewed or not, now that I can see them in all of their glory. Now, the first thing I will say is, most of my previous reviews are were on a 55-inch uh, 4K television that did not have full HDR specs, and it was a 55-inch television, which is, you know, a great size, nothing against it, but you can definitely tell the difference between 1080p and 4K when you blow things up to 85 inches. It, it, there's a huge difference between streaming and disc as well. You can see all those compression artifacts that you hear reviewers talk about, but you never see on your TV. Uh, if you get one this large, <clears throat> yeah, you definitely see those. So anyway, there are a few movies that I reviewed, and I said their picture was great or whatever, but now I'm seeing them in full HDR 10 plus glory on an 85 inch, uh, you know, modern screen. And I got to say, that's, it drove me enough to re-review Aquaman a little bit. Now, also going back over the movie kind of gave me some more hints on why some of these DC movies aren't working as well as they should. I think they're shoving too much into them. Uh, and just to use Marvel as an example, since we're in the the superhero genre, Marvel has found a way, their filmmakers and the guys they've hired to do the writing and the, and the uh, directing, to make extremely long movies that are very dense with story and, and plot and all sorts of, you know, background and mythology and still be watchable, fun, popcorn entertainment. I think DC has struggled with that. They, they had somebody, you know, they, they made some great movies uh, finally, <laughs> I like Adam West. I won't get into the whole Batman thing forever, but um, Christopher Nolan were the first serious DC movies that I considered serious. I mean, I like the 80s. What Tim Burton did with the first two Batman movies, Michael Keaton and all that, loved them. I thought they were great. Definitely a product of their time, and but they hold up pretty well. The first one holds up really well. But Christopher Nolan came in and knocked him out of the park and made serious motion pictures out of the Batman stories. Um, many other DC movies have tried, and we talked about this in other podcasts, and lots of other reviewers have talked about this, that DC, in their attempt to chase Marvel's success, seemed to try and throw everything, including the kitchen sink, into every movie. They were just trying too hard to catch up. I said in previous reviews of DC movies that if they had just given everybody an individual movie for a while, maybe two or three, and then tried to do a Justice League or a Batman versus Superman, they would have worked much better. There would have been more weight, more, you know, importance. You would have built up a, a, a long love. And granted, thinking that we do have a long love with Batman and Superman is one thing, but you've got new guys playing them. And it still didn't, you know, didn't, we didn't get enough time to build up this endearing feel that you have when you've watched some scrappy early Marvel movies, Iron Man 1 and 2. They're good movies. 2 is kind of weak, but they, they're definitely not what Marvel does now. You know, um, the first Captain America movie's great. Thor was really good. Um, 
And thinking about this, the Captain America movies are probably the strongest trilogy of those early ones. Uh, out of Iron Man 1 through 3, the second one's really weak. third one's pretty good. Uh, same with Thor. The second one's really weak, but the third one kicked ass. But uh, Captain America just got better as they went along. <clears throat> but anyway, um, had they done more like Wonder Woman? I thought Wonder Woman was one of the better DC movies of late because they kept it a concise story. Kind of an origin story, kind of introducing her to the universe, but kept it fairly simple. With Aquaman, they did not. Uh, that story is in there, and if they had kept to just that, maybe it wasn't enough. I don't know. But the vision that they had for the movie could have easily been two movies. And so many subplots and the machinations of what goes on in the undersea world, some of that may have been better left to a second film. So I think that's what hinders Aquaman some, is that there's just too much in this movie. It's filmed very well. The actors all do a good job. They spend a little too much time here and there in rewatching it. Um, but overall, it's not a terrible movie. Um, Shazam wasn't either. I just thought Shazam was made for kids. I, I did not dislike Shazam, but it doesn't hold up with the rest of the movies. It, it's a, it, it feels like a kid's movie. It was a pretty good Shazam movie. But then we go back to Batman versus Superman and Justice League. It... it too many cooks in the kitchen, too many, I, too many plots, too many characters, too many things. It took Marvel 20-something movies to get there. DC did it in a handful. And it just, some of the people in Justice League didn't get their own origin stories yet. They haven't gotten their own movies yet. It just was too rushed to get into that. So Aquaman seems to be an attempt to make like a Wonder Woman. Let's do a concise story, but then, oh, but we got to tie him in everything else because we got these other things coming. <laughs> I liked the movie. I, I, I liked it better on subsequent things, but it also, I realize how much longer it is every time I watch it that, wow, there's just a lot in here that they could have saved some of this for later or uh, one of the other DC movies. So that being said, that's not what this review is really about. I finally was able to watch it on a TV worthy of giving you an audio video review. And holy crap, this is one of the best upscale transfers I've ever seen. It looks very filmic through the whole thing, but the HDR implementation is jaw-dropping. In the early scenes of mom, fish out of water story, getting pregnant with the human and all that, things look pretty realistic and normal. There's some, some bright light from sunshine and things like that that you can tell HDR is on, but nothing you know just drastically out of it. And when the kid finally grows up and he's at the aquarium, and he walks up to the aquarium to see what the fish are doing. The color palette is completely different in HDR than it was without. Um, the the yellowish-green fish kind of leap off the screen. And I know this was adapted into 3D. I got that feeling, you know, with this color. And as I went through the rest of the movie, you know, Black Manta's lasers and things like that, those... HDR spectral highlights were incredible, and some of the palette changes in the city and all the underwater stuff. The movie is absolutely gorgeous once you get past that. We're trying to be realistic here in the beginning, but once we open up into the full movie, we're going to get a little superhero with it. Um, the movie is just gorgeous to look at. So no matter what you think of the movie, if you have a nice TV and a 4K setup, pick this thing up. The surround sound mix was great when I did it in Dolby Atmos. I was doing a two-channel stereo mix, and it was quite good. It had a lot of depth and dimensionality to it, um, and a nice soundstage. It, it felt right for the movie, and I'm used to listening to things in five to seven channels. 
Oh, I, I should mention you're going to hear waves of a little bit of wind and rain behind me. Um, this is Monday in Key Largo, uh, August the 24th, and the storm, the bands have just started kind of touching us as it passes. It's passing way to the west. We're not getting anything nasty, but there is some pretty serious wind and rain coming out, and every once in a while you will hear it behind me. So, uh, And then it clears up and the sun comes out for a little bit, and then we get another, it's you know life in Florida. But anyway, Aquaman. Revisiting it because it definitely is a showpiece for those with a home theater system. If it's something you want to rent and just watch, Aquaman, it depends. I loved Aquaman growing up, and this is not my Aquaman. That being said, he's cool. You know, I love Jason Momoa and what they did with the character. But I grew up with your traditional Aquaman. He was one of the only DC characters on Saturday morning cartoons I really identified with. I just never felt like Superman. I never felt like Batman. Um, and I, I was a big swimmer when I was a kid and still am. So I, I really identified with Aquaman, and I see almost none of that in this movie. But I didn't mind that. It, it, some of these characters have been reinvented. What, my favorite superhero of all time is Doctor Strange. I just, of all the comic books I read as a kid, I liked the magic, I liked the mystical stuff. He was kind of cool. And they didn't change a lot of him. They changed a little. Like they changed with Iron Man, they got rid of alcoholism and a few other things, all the womanizing, although they hint to it. Um, but most cases in Marvel, they've taken the best of that character and infused it in this modern version because they won't think times have changed from the comics I read in the 70s and 80s. And the same thing with Aquaman, the, you know, the, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed do-gooder. Well, we already kind of have that. You know? <laughs> they already have that hero. They, it was nice to give Aquaman an edge and a reason to be a warrior. And, and, and it didn't, you know, they, they fleshed out some of, I'm not a DC comic reader, but I've read that they fleshed out some of the later storylines that came and brought him more in line with that. And I can't agree or disagree with that. I think that, that sounds great. Um, but as a film from a guy who liked Aquaman as a kid, it's entertaining. I didn't hate it. It could be shorter. I Once I've seen it a few times, I know a couple places where I can just kind of zoom right past because I really don't care and let's get to the next set piece or whatever. And I hate doing that to movies because I do like the vision and, and the flow and watching what the director and all the artists involved do. I'm a big fan of film. But that being said, this is not one of those movies that I sit down and watch for my love of film. This is a movie I sit down because it looks freaking amazing, and it's got some pretty pretty good superhero action that holds up with some of the best Marvel movies. And hopefully DC has learned a few lessons from this and Joker and Wonder Woman, and we'll get some better movies going forward. They debuted the trailer for The Batman over the weekend, and i got to say I was impressed. I think uh, Robert Pattinson, I, well, I always knew he'd do a good job because he's a good actor. Go watch The Lighthouse. The kid could act next to Willem Dafoe, and that he can pretty much do anything. Um, <laughs> and I thought they nailed a tone that falls somewhere between Christopher Nolan and the Joker. Um, that being said, I will still wait to reserve my opinion when we see the whole movie, but it was it, uh, the trailer was a step in the right direction for DC as their last few steps have been. I wish they would just stop looking at Marvel. Marvel's a different thing. They've got positive stories. They tell, you know, they're almost what we call true mythology. They're telling good stories about good people for the most part. You know, the, some of the heroes are flawed, but minorly. They're they're all pretty good people, and, and they're doing good things. And I'm okay with doing some dark stuff. <clears throat> We're going to get into some Blade and, and, and Morpheus is coming and things like that, and I'm, I'm cool with that. But DC has an opportunity now that they've gotten some of the serious and some of the, uh, the more 
comic booky elements in line with what they want to do in movies, and it's starting to look like, okay, not that I don't particularly am one that thinks Marvel follows a, a cookie-cutter plan for all their movies. They really don't if you watch the movies. Um, but that being said, you could say that about any movie because all movies follow a certain plan. But I think with the recent DC movies, they have learned some lessons. I enjoyed, um, I'll call it Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, which should have been the title. I thought that was another step. They let a good a good up-and-coming filmmaker make an interesting film. May not be everybody's version of what they wanted Birds to Prey to be, Birds of Prey to be, or what Harley Quinn to be, but I like Margot Robbie's portrayal and I think that movie was a lot of fun at doing what it was supposed to do. It set out to do exactly what it did. I think Aquaman might have had a, a few too many cooks in the kitchen. The vision was a little grand for what they were able to pull off. Special effects-wise, they did pull it off. But there's just so much movie in this movie. It, to get to the set pieces where I wanted to check out the HDR and the, and the resolution and all that, they're fantastic, but it's so much. And we just I don't think we had enough invested to get to that point in the first movie. But, you know, I'm not the guys making millions of dollars making these movies. So, Aquaman. I revisited it because it looks freaking amazing in 4K with your HDR turned on. Wow. the <laughs> Just the colors. And I spot-checked a few other movies, and I'm going to be uh, doing some... I'm going to watch them and do some new reviews because it does, on certain films, HDR brings the color palette closer to what the human eye can see or what was intended by the filmmakers, which is not always exactly what we see. In a superhero film, you want lasers to be a little more bright and exciting than they would be in real life and that kind of thing, and they do that, and I'm fine with that. But HDR applied to, say, a classic movie like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Looks amazing because it looks like reality. And Gemini Man. You don't get those spectral highlights. You get the fact that at 60 frames a second, Gemini Man looks like you're looking through a piece of glass window, not a television screen. It looks like you're right there. And Aquaman maintains that filmic quality. You do feel like you're watching a movie, but the HDR highlights are there to accent things and to just to make it look more like a comic book frame, which I think they achieved a great job in doing. I, I really like it visually, and it's one of my top 4Ks to pull out when somebody says, what can this TV do? That'll be one of them. I know it's an upscale, and I know it's not a great film, but there you go. A little bit of babbling about Aquaman Revisited. I'm Scott Hamilton. Updated my website with some new links at therockfile.com. I know, I still don't have the Archer files on there, but if you hashtag the Archer files, you will find their pages. Uh, links below are to all the groups, the projects, the Patreon, and more. Please check those out and subscribe where you can. Likes, shares, and subscribing, very important to us in the online ecosystem. I'm Scott Hamilton. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.